Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Trek Mate podcast. Its continuing mission to entertain, enlighten, educate, and talk all things Trek. To boldly go where no podcast has gone before. Make it so. Prepare to attack. All hands battle station. Don't worry. We will get to the bottom of this. All right. As is a tall ship and a star to steer by. I don't want excuses. I want answers. Am I authorized to enter the neutral zone? How do you think that tells me about your character? Captain's log, stardate 3541.9. Program complete. Enter when ready. Hello and welcome to Trekmate. My name's Wayne Emery. Hello everybody, my name's Jude. And uh, yes, uh, welcome indeedy do. Um, it, it feels like it's been a while, I'm not sure how long it is. We did, uh, we finally, for you people out there who are patrons or but were considering it, we've finally done our Wrath of Khan. Uh, episode recently for the patreon um that was fun that will go out before this episode airs yeah yeah that's cool uh, and there's something we spoke about on there a little bit more than we intended to uh which i'm just gonna say now basically on today's episode me and wayne will just have a bit of a catch-up and just talk about little bits of trek stuff you know no no particular subject like we sometimes do but what we're going to do is we're going to try our very best to keep the second half or the second bit of the podcast a sort of a rant if you will about discovery about season three discovery in general i guess Uh, and the reason we're doing that is because we're openly saying now a lot of that is going to be negative which we don't like to be which is why we're keeping it to the second half so we can be positive about all the things we love about Trek because we do love Trek and that's where a lot of the negativity is going to come from uh, when we talk about Discovery or, or for me anyway um, but uh, yeah so we'll let you know when we get to that point in the podcast you know if you don't want to hear us uh, moan about it like it's absolutely fine um, you oh, can just well, tune in next week you know just skip mm-hmm. ahead to the next well not next week next episode no, but what we have decided between ourselves to, um, because we, we've felt like we've almost been just constantly moaning uh, for a while. Yeah, so, we don't like that. We we don't want that. So, but we will explain a lot more. Yeah, but well, no, I I think if we say now that mm. uh, going forward to try and not just be negative arseholes about everything all the time what we're going to do is we're going to pretty much dedicate the uh, the rest of the podcast going forward not this episode but future episodes to the stuff that we do love yeah, and so then basically uh, enterprise backwards yeah exactly so what we're what we're going to do is we're going to concentrate on the stuff that we love keep the podcast really positive and then every so often I'm going, I, what I've planned, uh, dude, I hope it's okay for you, but uh, it, others will understand why when we discuss it later. 
but so look, uh, we can touch on discovery once every so often. I'm going to get Dominic on to <laughs> me and him uh, discuss our feelings on uh, discovery, but that will be few and far between. It won't yeah. be. No, I'm happy with that. I mean, I, I always enjoy speaking with Dom, and as long as it's not about Power Rangers, like I, I don't mind being involved if, as long as you don't mind me. No, uh, absolutely. In, even if I don't know what I'm talking about. But yeah, I'll give one spoiler away for the second half. I'll be talking about how I've actually decided to stop in Discovery because, yeah, you'll find Reasons. that later. Yeah. Second <laughs> oh, half, dear. second half, second half. No, exactly. So, how have you been, mate? Uh, I've been very good. Um, as you can see, I don't think we're putting this stuff up on YouTube anymore. Uh, I've got myself I've a brand new Christmas lazy. jumper. I've got Iron Maiden, uh, seventh son of a seventh son. Christmas it is jumper. beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really happy with it. Um, I've been very tempted to get a uh, themed Christmas jumper at some point. And, uh, I think I've made it my thing now, where I've just said I'm going to buy one each year. One and then eventually one you'll year. have a collection. Yeah. Yeah, well, I've got two. I did have three, but I sold the first one I bought, which was a Game of Thrones one, because the ending of Game of Thrones like, annoyed this. me so much. I was like, let's go on bloody eBay, you bastards. And no one <laughs> bought it. <laughs> yeah. No, oh. it, it went straight. I can't remember. Excellent. Oh, no. Well, I've been very tempted. Uh, there's been a few Xbox ones that I like the look of, but also there's a Just beautiful the Back choice. to the Future yeah, one. I was going to say, any of the big franchise we like and talk about, Ghostbusters, yeah. Back to the Future, Star Trek, is, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish there was more Star Trek one choice. Mm-hmm. It's generally ones of Picard saying, make it snow and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe that'll be one for me next year. I'll, I'll see. But yeah, this one was too tempting. Excellent. Excellent. Oh, and I'll tell you, I've been pretty lax on doing a lot of stuff over the last week. Because I've just been playing so much Xbox. I know, I know. Stupid Sony bringing their console out a whole week later in the UK and Europe, in fact, mm-hmm. uh, than Microsoft and Xbox. Like, I, I don't understand it. Like, there's no real explanation for it. Yeah. As far as I can see, I, I've, I've been looking for it online and can't find one, but it's not out until tomorrow. And I don't have one pre-ordered, but uh, I am going to be ordering one the moment I can. But then that's just going to be either waiting to be assigned a pickup date from a store, or I just have to risk waiting for them to post it, which could be the new year. But I'm I'm just going to go for it for the first one. Well, fingers crossed you get one, because uh, with both PlayStation and Xbox, just so many shortages at the moment with like more uh, more demand than supply so yeah no That's i do gonna hope... continue for a little bit at least yeah no i know because it's uh, my bro- uh, neil my brother he uh desperately wants an xbox series x uh but he's just hoping that by the time that this lockdown finishes some of the stores might have some in stock like where they might have had deliveries I do think it's going to be one of those things. uh, Well, I know it's going to be one of those things that even if they do get them in stock, they'll probably go out of stock the same day. Yeah, Um, exactly. Tell him if he doesn't already to go on. It'll probably be the first website that comes up when I Mm -hmm. 
put my phone on. It's called something like it's not actually stockinformer.co.uk. That's it. Stockinformer.co.uk. It mm-hmm. literally updates itself every half hour or something. It says, yeah. um, and it just tells you, you know, which which businesses and shops across the UK um, have got. It, it can be for anything. It doesn't have to be for consoles, but you can mm-hmm. go on to the part where it is that specific console or whatever that you want. So yeah, I'd no. recommend that to. That's good to know because also I said to him, I said when the stores do officially open, I said. As well as him going to his local store, I'll go down to my local store first thing to see if they've got any yeah. stock. And then if they do, he can transfer us over the money. Yeah. yeah. Because it's going to, I think for both of the consoles, it's going to be tough to get them if you haven't already mm. got them. So no, good luck with that. But Luckily, I, I'm just getting it for myself. I'm not getting it for the kids or anything. Yeah, I will play it with the, the kids, but you know what I mean. It's mm-hmm. not a Christmas present for anyone. So yeah, as I said, I'll order mine. And if it doesn't come to the new year, so be it. But I just, for me, I'd just be happy if it comes before Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. So uh, so I can enjoy it over those days. Yeah, absolutely. And I tell you, I, I, I'm loving the oh, yeah. series x oh, oh i've been jealous even though i'm not if even if i get one of them it won't be for years i've been jealous of you this week thinking, yeah I'm playing it right well, now well that's it i'm and to be honest because my xbox that i had i never upgraded to a one x so i've gone from my xbox that i had xbox one that i had on day one launch up to this one and the step up is just so huge i mean 4k gaming yeah i can't wait my TV doesn't do 120 frames per second, but it does 60 frames. And just the picture quality is amazing. And the load times are just ridiculous. And I've watched with... a bunch of YouTube videos of X, new Xbox and PS5. And yeah, it's mm-hmm. massive, like half, half or less than half of the time for the load times. And also what I love about the Series X is the quick resume feature, because literally mm, yeah. you can have like four or five games going and just jump between them within oh, really? seconds. I didn't realize it was that advanced. Yeah. No, like you can, like, I was just thinking between like TV apps and a game. I didn't think it was games. No, yeah, no, it, it freezes the game state. And then I could have played Ori. Then I could have played gears and I could have played something else and something else. And then I can go back to the first game and it will just quick resume back to exactly where I was. That's fantastic. And that saves loads of time because sometimes some of my gaming can only be like 15, 20 minutes and you want to be getting into the game as quickly as possible. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I'm absolutely loving it. And to be honest, with Game Pass, it's just... It's so smart that the Game Pass thing, uh, Microsoft are doing everything right. And I I hope Sony catch up Uh, and... I only have a few reasons for, for picking Sony over uh, mm-hmm. uh, Microsoft, and it's none as big as that. It's really just the exclusives is, would be my main reason, mm-hmm. I would say. Exactly. And, but also, I think going forward, uh, going forward, it's going to be a good investment in the sense of, I think, uh, coming out of Game Pass, where they've got so many uh, exclusive studios now working for them. We're going to see more and more titles coming up that are going to be xbox exclusive over the years i think that's cool i I, I want it to be like that more like when we were kids with sega and nintendo where you'd have all the movie franchise things on both consoles Mm -hmm. but then they had their key 
you know, uh, characters and game series that you could mm-hmm. only get on one and was a reason to get that thing, that mm-hmm. uh, that brand. Absolutely. But, but that's gone away in the last 10, 20 years where you go into your game shops and uh, you sometimes just think, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Apart from about, like, you know, five big games on Sony and then maybe about two or three on big games, I mean, on um, yeah. Xbox, like, there's very little difference in what you're seeing on the shelf. So I think it's kind of cool, the idea of them separating themselves finally. Absolutely. And uh, the thing is, it's it's not like I'm anti-PlayStation because I definitely want to pick up a PS4 at some point to go back and play games that I haven't been able to yet. So I, I, I'm looking forward to that. But you're right. It's nice to have a difference between the two consoles rather than them just being like generically the same. Mm. So that is uh, nice. Uh, I I also picked up, I did pick up um, Yakuza uh, Like a Dragon. Like a Dragon, yeah. And it's, yeah, you it's sold really me on, good it on the fun. Patreon pod. Yeah. Sounds very cool. Really, really good fun. It's, uh, it, it's, um, it's totally uh, what I would have wanted. Uh, from it like by what i'd seen in the trailers it's just good fun parts of it feel like shemu i've already spent loads of time in the arcade yeah (laughs) (laughs) these games i just go play fucking outrun (laughs) space area something about it isn't it like the idea of playing a game within a game like even though you've probably you will have owned that game on like a console from 25 years ago somehow on your new controller and yeah. you're a character playing that game just makes it that much more cool somehow. <laughs> Can't I know, explain it's weird. it. Yeah. It's, but no, you and... know what? I only just bloody realised the other day. I felt like such a plonker. I was playing Shenmue. And I only just realised that you can use the Sega Saturn in Ryu's house. Oh, yeah, you, you can. You just have to go buy the game or win the game, rather. Yeah, you have to win the game from um, yeah, the I, um, store. I, when I, whenever I saw it on the poster, when you win prizes in the store, I always thought that was the soundtrack. No. Because you can get the soundtrack for the games in the stores. Yeah. And I was just like, well, why do I want them? You know, I've, I can yeah. buy them for uh, 300 yen or whatever it is, you know. Because I, uh, I only ever won one of the games back in the day on the Dreamcast once, and that was Hang On. But can I give you a tip for playing it on the current gen consoles? Well, not on the PS4 and Xbox. Um, uh, those winning tickets, there is no trick to in, in what sense, because I always wondered whether it was timing, like whether Same like here. you, I still like do you that count. Now. And it, yeah, I still do. Apparently, it's nothing to do with that. It's entirely random. But when I was playing my playthrough on the Xbox One, to get around that, uh, it literally generates it at random. So if you do it, save it before buying something, buy it, it doesn't win, shut the game down, start again. Oh, well, that's what I think everyone did that and in just, Shenmue 2. Yeah. To, I know. Uh, to, to make money really quick. You could yeah. just do all the gambling games. But no, I've never done that with... Uh... The original yeah i done that with uh, when i was playing through shemu one just to try and win all of the prizes i did do it with the arcades though where i'd mm-hmm. go and spend all my money on arcades and go oh shit i just saved i spent all my money on arcades yeah and i just go oh well i'll just go back to the save before i went in the arcade uh i'll tell you what though it's um 
there's so much replay value to Shenmue. Oh, I yeah. absolutely love it. I've still not finished doing my replay of um, Shenmue 2. Mm-hmm. So then I can... I, I'm doing it so I can try and appreciate Shenmue 3 a bit more because I'll, I'll be honest, I was honest on the pod, but uh, it, it's a weird one because it's good. But it is um, like a tribute to those first two games. So you've got these modern graphics or modern cartoony sort of graphics but basically the same gameplay the same style of gameplay mm-hmm. um so you know uh yuzuzuki is the guy's name isn't it he just sort it of is. said like oh it's just for the old fans like i'm gonna make shenmu 4 but it's gonna be for everyone shenmu 3 was just for the old fans and i i get it but i almost think like if you really were doing it for the old fans like deep down i just think wish you could have made it look exactly the same because i know all the non-fans you know all the new uh people that could be getting into it would be saying what's this shit yeah Why but is it all you know i think that's the wrong approach though because if you're saying okay i'm making shenmue through the old fans i get it because the fan base is so loyal but at the oh, same no, time i appreciate him doing that i on whole hog is what i'm saying i what i personally think he should have kept shenmue like kept the heart of Shenmue what it is but gone full out like Yakuza in in that sort of sense because um, if you don't win over the modern console fans I wish you had done a bit of both like you're saying yeah you're you're risking not getting enough support for Mm -hmm. the next games Uh, yeah I'm not actually sure how he's going to do it because the whole thing uh, of Shenmue 3 was like crowdfunding Mm -hmm. you know all those websites and um, yeah he didn't really win over new fans like and he didn't necessarily uh, impress the old ones either like one thing I've not told you what sort of I don't want to say upset me but it made me sad just a little bit was the fact that I told you that I've been listening to those two Canadian guys doing their Shenmue podcast and clearly, when they got to actually play the game, they recorded one episode after that of of their review of the game, essentially, of them reviewing a completely different game, which they were way more enthusiastic about. And they've never recorded an ep- episode since. Oh, and really? Like, I think the reason for that is because they'd put, a bit like us, they'd put so much positivity into the Shen- uh, Shenmue franchise on their podcast. And then when they play the game and it wasn't, what they hoped they didn't i think they just didn't want to make episodes you know so that is when the, it ends they yeah oh shit because i'm you, currently you're all building up to it and then it just sort of goes bam that's it and i think it's because of their respect for shenmue and yu suzuki they don't want to be bashing it so they just didn't continue that's that's sad because it is uh well yeah no you're right they uh, they've done they basically the very next episode was a review of Streets of Rage 4, and suddenly they're all infused again. They're all like, "Oh God, this is so good!" You know, it's got different graphics, yeah. but it's loyal to the original. You know, but just no talk of Shenmue and no episodes since. And uh, I've spoken to them on Facebook, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, they've only had good things to say about the franchise. But I think, yeah, I think they just cut it there because of uh, you know, out yeah. of respect, sort of thing. Because they're, I'm currently on episode 37, and they've got. The weird got... thing is, the moment that they, that I finished listening to the podcast because it ended, I suddenly stopped playing Shamu 2. I was like, oh no, I was just playing through 
Shenmue 1 and 2 because I wanted to play Shenmue 3 for a second time to appreciate what Yu Suzuki was trying to do mm-hmm. uh, in doing something for the fans. And I just suddenly felt like, oh, no, if they feel that way, what if I get to Shenmue 3 for the second time? And um, But I think I will contact those guys and I'll I'll say that. I'll say, look, I'll even be prepared to come on your pod if you want, mm-hmm. um, if they'd have me. And just have that sort of conversation where, you know, let's not rag on it, <clears throat> but let's be honest with ourselves. And But I, I would suggest to them, why don't we all have a second playthrough? Yeah. Because well, I, I'm surprised they haven't done that themselves, like done a second playthrough and then have a chat about it. Because it's it's funny, I uh, because I don't have a PlayStation 4, I haven't got around to playing it yet. Um, and... I just, uh, when online I saw people's reactions to it, I was like, okay, it's not something that I need to rush to buy. Just because mm. I haven't seen many, it's it's strange. Online, it seems to have divided the fan base a bit like Discovery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where you've I'd say got, that's fair. Where you've got the all and out loyals, and you've got a whole bunch of people going like, no, this is not what Shenmue is. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I mean, like, when you go and look for a Shenmue free review, this is another thing what made me sad to do with Shenmue. There's a video on YouTube I don't even want to watch. I don't want to mm-hmm. say I refuse to watch. I, I do refuse to watch it, but I don't want to sound extreme. But, uh, no, um, you, you look for Shenmue free reviews and you just have loads of, you know, a couple of thousand uh, viewed videos Um uh, sorry, videos with a couple of thousand views. Yeah. For the review, normal reviews. But then one guy's made a video called I Waited oh, 13 Years my of life. My Life. And it ruined my life. Yeah. Uh, that it, always pops game is, up on my recommended. Yeah, it does for me. And I just, I will not watch it because I'm just like, I don't want to be negative about it. Like, I, I know it's not that bad. I played it through and it's not that bad. As, mm-hmm. as that title and I would hope that if I ever did watch it and I'd kind of be interested to hear if anyone else watched it and then they could tell me what I'm going to see yeah well, uh, well that's the thing I'm, that's I'm got steering, like a million views yeah I'm steering away from um, uh, like actual re- reviews and stuff just because I don't want it spoiled for me because I know I will get round to it at some point but the, the one sort of spoiler free spoiler I can give you which I would agree with fans out there, there's not enough story progression, which is kind of sad. That's the main thing that I've heard from, uh, like read from people everywhere. It's just that they were most disappointed because it didn't seem like the story really progressed enough within the game. I could give you a bunch of, you know, non-spoiler spoilers, if that makes sense, where Mm -hmm. I guess most of the game is just, or a lot of the game is uh, Ryu creating a relationship not like that but with uh Shenhua, the, the girl well we know it's not like that because fucking rue never follows up on hitting on like, girls that clearly penis, like him either doesn't have a penis or or test yeah or he, he's, he's just a mannequin though because yeah. honestly the oh, amount of girls it? in uh, that game the angel gabriel in um <laughs> yeah for that when uh snape pulls his pants down <laughs> yeah He's just got nothing there, and he's just knocking on it. Yeah, that is real, <laughs> because, like, 
Joy and fucking Nozomi and just everyone's all girls. over him. Yeah, yeah, and he's just oblivious to it. I think uh, not a spoiler, but it's just a, a joke thing that you'll you'll see in Chen move. I think they've subtly done that with NPCs, where like plenty of characters are all, all over Ryu, and he still doesn't get. <laughs> Poor Ryu. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. so before we start ragging on Shenmue, let's um, start. Can I What's just that? do Go some random catch-up stuff? I was just going to oh, tell you something cool. Like, my older son always tells me, like, oh, don't tell people that. It ruins it. But I've not got you a Christmas gift. Mm-hmm. And Well, we never have before. But um, I've bid on something on eBay. And yeah. I'm not going to tell you how much I bid. I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'll just tell you that it's Star Trek-based. Oh, okay. Um. And it's got seven hours to go. And I don't know how much higher I'll go in the price than I did. Um, but it's something we can share. And that's all I'll say. Oh. And I think, we think you'll appreciate it. And I think, uh, yeah, I won't say any more than that. Because I don't want to... Hopefully I'll win that. I'll, oh. I'll check in seven hours. You maybe go my interest. Yeah. Uh, now, before we do start ragging on Discovery, because that's probably going to take us a good 30, 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um what time did you want to be finished by? An hour, just under an hour. Yeah, just under an hour. Okay, so uh, w- I've got a couple of ideas for future podcasts that I thought I'd throw at you, like before yeah. we start being negative. Uh, yeah, and I'll have to apo- I'll tell you one as well and apologise to people for not actually pulling it out of the bag, but I'll explain why. But if you want to go first. Okay, well, mine are very simple because I thought, okay. um, like, uh, I've already discussed one with you. Uh, a future episode that we're going to do is me and Judah are going to uh, dis- like try and pick our ten favourite Star Trek pieces of music. Oh yeah. Yeah. So uh, whether it's uh, from episodes and films, but it can't be the main theme because okay. I think that uh, I think too predictable. It's too predictable. So it can't be the main theme of a show. So I thought if we maybe uh, pick our top ten pieces of music from star trek episodes or movies and then we can uh like compare and uh, listen to it on the pod as well I and thought... it, yeah it's got to be something that you can stick on there well yeah well the thing is with say, pod... it can't be that my super nintendo version of deep space nine uh i suppose so of course it could mm. but but what I we'll do is it'd be on youtube wouldn't it yeah but we'll um sit down and listen to it because with podcasts it's a bit easier to get around copyright than on youtube mm, so yeah. we can share everything uh but yeah that'll yes, be, be fun and also i uh because i've just been thinking okay we need to be getting back to topics and talking about stuff i was like thinking oh okay then top fives top tens like how about if we start coming up with ideas like um discussing like our top five like shuttlecraft episodes like bottle episodes where it's just like contained oh, within, right. contained yeah. within a shuttlecraft and then we can think up different themes and discuss things like that yeah yeah sure because i'd definitely be open to that yeah yeah because i was thinking i was like there are so many episodes where it's literally just two people in a shuttlecraft you'd have to keep that number that small though yeah like, like five yeah yeah, like I reckon five. Now, because you know with... that, as usual, me and you will just pick the same five things without even speaking to each other about yeah. it. More than likely. Yeah. So, 
yeah, what was your... Uh... Um, while, while we're talking about music, I'll just say, um, give... Uh, I know I could myself, but he'll respond to you better. Give give Rick Moyer a, a little nudge and just see if he'd be interested, whether we're helping him or not, in mm-hmm. recording that song that we wrote for him. We should. Years ago. Just just yeah. ask him. You know, you never know with everything that's going on. He might say, do you know what? That's what the world needs right now. What was it? Um, is it, it just like It's Christmas? Yeah. Uh, we said, call it It's Trekmas, and we wrote the lyrics yeah. in the podcast. So if anyone wants a funny Christmas episode of Trekmate to listen to, go back and listen to that if you haven't. I you might even listen to it again myself. Yeah, 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 that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't want to, I wouldn't want to do it without him because I, I don't think we do. And, and plus, you've got to have Rick Moyer. And on there. we wouldn't do a good job. No, no, it'd be a mess compared to, but, you know, hopefully, um, yeah, I tell you what, ask him, send him a message and sort of put the feeler out there. Like, is it something he'd be interested in doing? Mm-hmm. And if not, at the very least, let's get him on again sometime in December. Agreed. Agree? Agreed. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. No. And uh, also, while we're on the subject of music for that one you were just talking about. Mm hmm even though he'd know what he's talking about and we really wouldn't, maybe it'd be Matt. an idea to ask Matt to, to come on. He could just laugh at us talking oh, about absolutely. the music, not having a clue what we're talking about. Yeah. And would would know everything. But, you know, it's about time Matt came back as well. And what better time than Christmas? Well, Matt does listen to the podcast, so he very well might hear this as well. Matt, so, Well, I'll tell you what. Um, I finally... I've started listening to three new podcasts recently, and two of them are ones that you've recommended, and one of them is Matt. So finally, after five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but do you know what? That seems to be the same with all podcasts that I listen to. They all seem to have started around 2015, and I have to play catch-up. But yeah, The Offline Gamer. You enjoying finally... it? Yeah, yeah, it's good. I think you said it to me once. that it's. Um, I think you even said it to Matt, actually. It's like quite relaxing yeah uh listening to it it's um i'm only a few episodes in but it's um a bit all over the place mm-hmm. and uh because they're just talking about um offline games it can be computer games but not online mm-hmm. and just and tabletop any kind of tabletop gaming or mm-hmm. card uh games and like i'm listening to to matt and, and is it what the ray. ray ray yeah I wanted to say Raph or Rafe for some reason. Ray. No. Um, I just think, how have you guys got the time to play all these bloody games? They're just saying, yeah, and then we played this and played this. Oh, what about that other game? And Obviously, at the University of Birmingham, they've got fuck all to do other than <laughs> yeah. sit around playing That's games. That's what I mean. I know like Matt's a busy guy as well, so I'm just thinking, yeah. how do they find the time? Um, and sometimes, like, yeah, they'll be talking about a game, and they'll because i'm always listening to podcasts out on a walk i think mm-hmm. i'll have to remember that one mm-hmm. and then i'll forget it by the time i get home and i'm just like oh if he if they'd just spoken about two games this thing i'm not criticizing it i'm just i'm just saying but like yeah, yeah they must speak about like 20 games mm-hmm. per episode i love it i i find the offline game is so relaxing yeah and i look forward to listening to more and it's nice just to just to hear matt talking again yeah absolutely it was, it was funny as well like one of the episodes he was like oh i was at wales comic con and that's where i discovered table and i was thinking yeah i was i was there that day with matt talking to matt 
Mm-hmm. And I was just like, why am I getting excited about that? Like, yeah. I know I that on, guy. I was, yeah, I was on a podcast. But that's the weird. I've been saying that for years. Podcasts are weird like that. We're all just people. Mm-hmm. But it's that double thing of like feeling like these people are your friends who you've never met. And then you can make friendships, you know, like mm-hmm. on. on Absolutely. But like they're also like minor celebrities at the same time, even if you already <laughs> knew them. It's yeah. just weird. Oh, absolutely. And what's the other podcast that you started listening to? Uh, another one that you and Fez for years, Dungeons and Daddies. And are you enjoying it? <laughs> yeah, really enjoying it. Yeah, very funny, very easy uh, to listen to and, and definitely laugh out loud stuff. Yeah. Oh, I find it so hysterical. It even inspired me to get my oldest son and my wife, the three of us, to play our own version of uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Well, it did make me think, when I was listening to it, like like ages ago when I started listening to it, I was like, do you know what? I think on Trek, mate, maybe we should do a we couple should. of... We should. Both get some pens and notebooks and make sure we remember where we're at. Yeah, but we would need a few more people to come in on it and do... Well, you need it. Yeah. You need, which is what we had the other day, where you've got your dungeon master and then at least two people playing mm, yeah well i would say probably at least three people playing what, so having four, four people, people, people on the path well, yeah yeah that, that's even better but i'm just saying at a minimum three because just two people it's gonna because yeah. matt will probably remember i messaged him like probably about a year ago and i was like have you ever been a dungeon master and he was like oh no that's far too much work i was like, Shh. I, was like I wanted him to do all the hard work yes <laughs> No, oh. I think I think for Dungeon Master, like like Matt has probably like definitely has intelligence and sort of creativity. But mm-hmm. I mean, no offense to Matt, I just don't think he ha- would have the not enthusiasm, but uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, um, he doesn't want to make a fool out of himself. He's yeah. not. He's not prepared to make a fool out of himself like like we do every week. <laughs> every week which why is why he's on the offline gamer every week or every month and not uh track me anymore probably true yeah no but i have been tempted to do a like a few episodes of track mate of doing our own star trek themed D. yeah let's do it let's do it we'll, we'll work something out uh, i know the um the engaged boys would be up for that and and that's just the sort of thing we could do where we just plan it out like a whole month ahead of time and just say we're gonna do it at this day this time but also it it could be a thing that we do on a semi-regular basis like continue it like every four episodes or so Mm -hmm. like because it's not going to be something that the campaign yeah that's what i mean yeah yeah i don't think we could have have two sort of track mates running along at the same time i know we couldn't because it takes Mm -hmm. ages to to get around to just these but uh but yeah if we just say Let's try and get one a month done, or as close to that as possible. I'm up for that. I'm yeah, well up cool. for that because yeah, oh, and how far through uh, Dungeons and Daddies are you? What episode Not are you? Not very up far. To? I think only. I mean, some of them are about an hour long, but um, yeah. or, or more even. But uh, I think about eleven, twelve, something like that. But quite oh, a lot's happened. It's so good. It's so but, good. Yeah, they, they all make me laugh. But I think that the dungeon. I can't remember their actual names remember the character names but the dungeon master does make mm-hmm. me like it's his voice is sort of like camp voice so every character he plays has that kind of voice 
Yeah. Which kind of works when he's doing kids' voice, but uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. when he's doing like some sort of tough monster, and they're like, "Hi," doesn't even matter what the joke is or whatever. Yeah, uh, creative. Absolutely, and uh, I think everyone fucking loves Ron. Ron Stampler. <laughs> yeah. Just fucks everything up. Yeah. All the time, but. Oh, no, mate, you're in for a real treat. And uh, Matt listens to it religiously now as well. Oh, good. So, yeah, no, honestly, I can't... Re- and also, um, Mike, uh, one of our listeners, uh, Mike, he uh, started listening after our recommendation as well, and he loves that show as well. So uh, I'm I'm so glad that I convinced you to give it yeah, a go. Yeah, thank you. I, I, I knew I was going to from, you know, the salve and... Uh... Fez had pitched to me, but um, but yeah, I'm glad I finally started. But there's so many uh, cool podcasts to listen. Only so much time. I'm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So now that we've been speaking positively about some things, even oh, if they weren't I started, just want to say, <laughs> this is becoming like a weekly thing. Not a weekly thing, but uh, episodically, whatever. What yeah. Word, I don't know. I just want to say thanks to Darren for all the kind comments that he's been sending. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he actually mentioned something in his comment, uh, what we can talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Star Trek stamps are out this oh, week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What I did you left... make of them? Can you remember them? I thought that they them? were really nice. I thought they could have left off the Discovery ones. I, and I, I would... thought not only could they have done that, but they could have done to not put three of them on there. Because there was only like 10 characters, 12 mm-hmm. characters, something like that. And three of them were from Discovery, and one of them was like the Klingon. I'm not a Klingon. I am a Klingon guy. Yeah. And it was like they. I think from uh, Voyager, they only had Janeway. They only had uh, Janeway. And... I mean, I'm not the biggest um, Seven of Nine fan, but you would imagine that they would have put her on there just for recognizability, sort of thing. Yeah, because TNG they picked Picard and Troy. It's um, odd choices. Like no offense to. Well, offence, as much was... offence as you like to the Discovery characters, but everyone else, they were interesting choices. I was glad to see Enterprise represented, because so often, uh, I think so, I'm no, I'm going to check, um, because normally they end up just leaving out Enterprise and forgetting that it even bloody know. exists. Yeah. So I was happy to see that um, Enterprise was actually on there. Uh, okay, who have we got? Uh, got no, no, it, it, okay, no. Okay, there was Kirk, there's Spock, there's Picard, there's Troy, there's Cisco, there's Bashir. Yeah, Bashir. I I would have thought they would have gone with maybe Quark. Yeah, no, and then Quark. there's Janeway, and then there's Archer, and then there's um, Dominic Keating, um, oh, uh, really? Malcolm Reed. Yeah, so Malcolm Reed's on there. That's strange that they would give it to Malcolm, but no second Voyager character. Yeah, no, well, it's because they put three Discoveries on there. It is, yeah. Because they picked um, Captain, what's his face, um, was really bad from the Mirror Universe. Um, um, Malfoy's dad. Yeah, Captain Malfoy. Um, and then Burnham and... Um, Klingon, I'm not a Klingon. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so... It, they should have yeah. at least taken him off there. 
But even the... Malfoy's dad, like, you know, mm-hmm. he's not in it that much, especially yeah, I now. I thought like... they should have gone, like, maybe Saru. Yeah, that's who like I would have Burnham said. Burnham and Saru. Not, not just because I like the character, because c- I do. Uh, mm-hmm. But, um, but oh, yeah. yeah. Also, another thing, unless you want to carry on talking about the stamps. No, no, I'm fine. There's a bunch of um, toys. I saw it in person first, and then I saw a couple of people posting it online afterwards. Was it the 60s style ones? Yeah, sort of 60s style uh, toys in um, B&M bargains at the moment for anyone who just likes collect to collect everything. Um, but funnily enough, they're not a bargain. They're not cheap at all because I saw them in my B&M and I was those sorts of uh, like the how dolls. How much were they in yours? I think they were like 10 quid or something like that. You don't think that's a bargain? Not for what they are. I hate them types Well, of not figures. for what they are. No, I mean, they are, they're, they're sort of tacky and, and cheap looking. It's like, but for 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 someone who's a collector, which is not me really, because I if, don't have the space, don't have the room. But uh, if you want to collect everything, I'd rather it than you, you know the the amount of money I spend on on good looking ones like the turtles, yeah. uh, which no, are like thirty quid. Because they're like the almost like uh, the ones that they brought out in the seventies. Uh, like uh, what what were they called? The those figures, oh, uh, you, you know the ones I mean, like the fabricy sort of mm-hmm. fabric like, bodies, but then just like a plastic head and maybe yeah. plastic hands if you're lucky. And I, I, I've really not ever been a big fan of that type of no, no, dull action figure. I, so. I think it's it's just for the collector, really. I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. I just thought I'd mention it. No, I'm definitely. sure there'll be some people that listen to the show that do do that, and that's fine. Oh yeah, if you like that, that's yeah, that's great. You uh, pop down to B and M because they've so, got. My one uh, had like Kirk, Spock, Uhura, Khan. I saw Kirk, Spock, Uhura, Kirk, and Khan. Kirk, Khan. I think there was a Romulan. Oh, I've not seen a Romulan, well, but there was a Saru from Discovery. He he actually looked the best. Really? So I he, never saw a Saru one. I only saw yeah. TOS. His head looked the most like what it was supposed to look like. Oh, okay. Um, Picard, who looks pretty funny. Oh, I didn't have none of them in my one. I only had yeah. like the TOS ones. Nah, nah, that, that's all I've seen, I think. And I, I asked people online if anyone's seen a Cisco, but no one answered. It wasn't on any of our thing, group thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I've not seen it. I might have been tempted to get that. Maybe not. Because my B&M, I've been waiting for my B&M to, because I keep on seeing loads of people posting things of um, like all different Ghostbusters figures appearing in B&M and my one just has shit tons of Egon in his courtroom gear. Oh, weird. And I didn't see any figures that they had a whole bunch of Ghostbusters food, like treats mm-hmm. at Halloween, which I got and uh, I thought about posting on and never did. Yeah, no, so I just keep on waiting for more different stock, but I think because they've got a whole shelf of Egons, mm. they're not replenishing it, because it's yeah, literally it's like shame. about 30 or 40 Egons, like yeah. for like 8 quid each. It's like, I I want them in their traditional gear, not yeah. so much the courtroom gear. If he goes down to a few quid, then I'll definitely pick him up, but yeah, no. But... I saw in, in uh, been in uh, Planet, but They've got a lot of the figures that we grew up with, but like now reissues. So mm-hmm. they've got uh, ghost or real Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got He-Man. Yeah. Uh, 
other stuff that's just not coming into my head right now. But yeah, it's cool seeing that. Like, oh, it is nice. I, I have been I have been tempted to buy some of the reprint uh, real Ghostbuster ones. Mm, yeah, it's but, tempting. But it's I'm just... I'm more tempted now to get the Necker. Uh, like the sort of version. Oh God, yeah. I think you mentioned to me on a podcast, and I said I'll go and look at them. Uh, Back to the Future Necker, and I did, and they're even better somehow than what mm-hmm. I thought they were going to be. Just fantastic. That company, they really know what they're doing there. Whoever mm-hmm. they're employing to actually do the designs of these figures, they're fantastic. Like mm-hmm. in the Turtles video that I did for the Sci-Fi Collective YouTube. Um, you know, at a glance or, you know, uh, photographed correctly, like you could mistake it for who it's supposed to be like in the film. Like Mm -hmm. if you just see a good looking photo or a dark photo or black and white, you'd think like, oh, that's the real turtles. That's the real Marty, whatever. It's just excellent. They do an amazing job. I would like to see more like earlier. They would have been on my Christmas list for sure. The Back to the Future figures, but it's a bit too late this year, I think. Yeah. Well, that's it. They come, uh, most of them come out end of November, and I think Doc even comes out in December, like, like uh, just yeah. after Christmas. So you know they'll be, uh, they'll do different versions as well. I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing with Marty. They've got him in his 2015 gear, his uh, 1985 gear. Uh, they've got the Biff from 1955, and uh, Marty in his. Um, Pluto, like the plutonium outfit, like the yellow yeah. uh, radiation suit, and then Doc from 2015. So, kind of weird uh, uh, seeing that figure advertised at the exact same month that uh, Eddie Van Halen just passed away, who is who Marty's playing on his Walkman. Yeah. Um, no. It is strange. Oh dear. So, before we start running low on time, mate, because I've only got another. 30, 40 minutes. I know, but I'm sort of secretly trying to put as much positive stuff into this podcast so people can't just go, oh, what is it with these two guys? The only time they ever talk about Trek is moaning about it. And here it comes. (laughs) Right. I'm going to say one thing before we go into Discovery thing, and I'll keep it short. Yeah. I have been enjoying watching Trek recently. I've been watching Next Generation on normal TV, so just whatever episodes they throw up. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've been re-watching random episodes of deep space nine just when i feel like it mm-hmm. like season six bloody amazing not particularly watching it in order just because don't need to because i've seen them so many times and i finally started my rewatch or my, carrying on my rewatch of voyager and i want to properly get off the dax and nog dance sorry that's what's happening on my do right now just <laughs> that thing whatever that was um but yeah so i finally watched uh end yes Um, finally watched futures end yeah finally got around to watching both episodes and um yeah great great double episode and uh, i really look forward to continuing continuing on Mm -hmm. and and talking about it on the uh podcast i think not right now but we're gonna have to remember where we were where we discussed episodes because we were kind of doing like three or four in one go weren't we because we were watching I'll go back and uh, figure yeah, out where we were. Yeah, see what the last was. one was we were talking about, and then we can talk about them in uh, more detail, but not too much detail, you know, not for yeah, episode reviews. Exactly. But yeah, okay. so I just wanted to remind people, we do okay. love Trek. We do. 
we do love Trek. And I'm uh, also continuing on with my season three rewatch of Voyager, and I'm really enjoying it, and also watching TNG as well. So I'm really enjoying that. <sighs> okay, so let's I, discuss Discovery. I don't you can't even avoid know it anymore. Say. Could I um could I just go for a slash break? I'm saying one last thing and I'll take less than one minute to say it. <sighs> I just want to say, because we haven't mentioned it so far, how awesome everybody and Wayne was last week's episode having Max Gradenchik on the pod. Oh, I'm totally honoured and proud and happy that we, we had him on. And that we've got I love that man so much. Friend of the pod. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely love that man. He's... Uh, and. It's always a pleasure to get to talk to him. And I feel so privileged that uh, he feels comfortable enough to just come on and yeah. chat with us when he knows that we're literally just having him on to just chat and catch up. Yeah. Like, and it wasn't the... necessarily all about uh, Trek even. Mm-hmm. I even had the guts to diss um, a movie. <laughs> <laughs> you got forced into a corner to diss his yeah, movie. Yeah, you did it. Yeah, you made me do it. <laughs> I'd, I'd honestly just forgotten about it until you said it. I <laughs> don't even know if I said that. Yeah, near enough. Near yeah. enough. Yeah. No, but no, it was an absolute honour and pleasure. And I can't think of a better way to have marked our 200th episode yeah. to get yeah. Max back. Definitely. Yeah. And I, I'm I'm proud of Trekmate and, and happy for Trekmate because obviously I wasn't there for that whole 200, but I think I was there for half of them, maybe. You've You've been here since before 100. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Cool. yeah, you are the, the second oh, so, longest running host. Yeah. I knew that already, but yeah, it's still weird to to hear it. Oh yeah. So but, uh, yeah, uh, next milestone is what is it? The tenth anniversary. Tenth anniversary. Yeah. So In we'll be doing some special. No, two thousand one. Two thousand twenty-one. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I'm looking forward to that tenth birthday next year. So we'll have to come up with a few. Uh, things to do to celebrate. We definitely will. Well, we already are behind the scenes, but yeah, we'll talk to you guys more in the future. Yeah. But uh, so now, guys, this is the point in the podcast. This is the proper point. If you don't want to hear negative talk about discovery, um, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week or speak to you next week. Yeah. Yeah, I think so because we can't avoid it any any longer, my friend. Yeah. And uh, Jude has decided after watching episode one he's not watching yeah, any, anyone one. so let's discuss episode one and then i will tell you what happens in the next episode because i know i've already gave you a slight oversight uh people on... can spoil as much as they want for me now i just i don't even care anymore mm-hmm. I, I i'm gonna be, we're gonna be all over the place in this talk but um i kind of don't want them to give nods to characters or actually have characters in there but i like like i said to wayne if they uh, on the phone the other day if they had like cisco appear i'd I'd be annoyed at the news of that i wouldn't be like oh cool cisco Mm -hmm. avery brooks you you, you know or any ds9 character Mm -hmm. for that matter i'd be like oh no you know why if they had to bring (laughs) something i love into this to just you know try and get more attention and you know give fan service which sometimes fan service is cool um but mm-hmm. sometimes it's a bit desperate 
Yeah. Um, but no. uh, but yeah, so people can spoil whatever they want for me. Um, okay, so what but, that is exactly now, what we'll do. I I am not. I don't want to watch it anymore. I don't want to sound dramatic again and say I refuse to watch it. But after watching episode one, I was just yeah. The whole episode, believe it or not said this to Wayne a few times I was being super positive watching it like I want to like this I want this to be the best season so far I want this to really turn everything around Mm -hmm. I want to be able to go online talk about it want to go on the pod talk about it and I was seriously just sat there in my head just saying just be good you can do it you can do it you can do it and the further I got into the episode it's like this is not good this is not good it could still change Mm -hmm. it could still change and then then it's like it's not going to change it's not going to get better. This is bad. This is really bad. That was how my brain was working while still trying to take in all this stuff. And at the mm-hmm. end of it, I was just like, oh, that sucked. And um, and I was just sad about it. I was just like, I wanted to be saying anything positive about that. Um, and the example of what I just said, uh, an actual example of what I just said about having little fan service things in there, if you will, we had Andorians in it, which is not fan service, but it's inadvertent fan service for me because I love them so much as, mm-hmm. as a race. But they um stupid. They weren't well represented. Uh, they had someone wearing a Morn mask is the way I'll put it. Mm-hmm. You know, which you'd think me seeing Morn or someone dressed as Morn, it, would be, it was a funny moment because it made me think of Trackmate and In the Wilderness. Um but no, I was just like, I just feel like it's someone in jail. I, I just hated it. Um, I went online and said something along the lines of like, if it wasn't for the fact that I'm a Star Trek podcaster, I wouldn't be watching this anymore. That would be it for me. Mm-hmm. And I had a couple of people sympathizing, a couple of people like saying, well, what do you know? You've always been biased. And I was just like, okay, well, don't know where that came from, but whatever. Um, and then it only took a few hours of that post, having written that post and then texting you, probably ringing you as well Mm -hmm. to just come into the realization, do you know what? Yeah. I, I'm on a Star Trek podcast. I have to watch this. There is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of Star Trek, which I know is great and entertaining and fun, deep, meaningful, dramatic, all these different good qualities that we love about it but Mm -hmm. if cbs and all the people that they employ all the many people which i always say is a problem um can't get together on on what it's supposed to mean to make a star trek uh series for the fans to be entertaining and all those other things i just said if they can't put the effort in and if they just don't care then why should i so it's just like that's it, you know. I'm I'm done now. I'll come out on the podcast and say that, but respectfully, I am jumping off this rat-infested ship. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want to deal with it anymore. I don't want to have to. I know I'm sounding dramatic. I don't want to torture myself each week of watching mm-hmm. this stuff. I know in my heart is crap. Um, f- for what? You know, all just to, you know, try and find like, oh, yeah, but there was this good because I know that fans do do that. They say, oh, yeah, but there's this bit, there's that bit. But, you know, I will talk to fans of uh, Star Trek Discovery and Star Trek in general over the next year, um, you know, and I'd like to get people's opinions. Like, do you really like it? 
do you really think it's comparable to all these other series and movies which we've loved and idolized so much over the decades like because to me it's a completely different thing now mm-hmm. um and it stinks and yeah I, I'm ranting, but uh, I'm, I'm just trying to get the all that main bit out first. No, and I absolutely agree, mate, because Discovery feels it's like uh, modern Star Trek has just lost its soul. It's yeah. lost what it means to be Trek. It's trying to be, it's trying to be Star Wars. Something like Star Wars, yeah, very much so. Just, but, just action, no character building, no real stories. No. You, know, you can say this is a story, you can make a storyboard, but I mean, it's a bullshit one that doesn't make any sense and is no. all over the place. It's crap. And the thing is, it feels, the whole show feels empty. I mean, in that one episode that you watched, how many times did Michael decide to hit book? Uh, in the face is and it's like it it had no significance she just kept fucking hitting the guy both characters just came across as stupid and i go on record as saying i love the actress um who plays michael burnham i love what she's Mm -hmm. done in the past but i hate michael burnham now i've been getting a dis dislike of the character for two series Mm -hmm. getting stronger and stronger but by that episode one of season three i was like i hate this character Mm mm-hmm no, and I want to put it out there. I love Selene Martin Green. I think mm-hmm. she's a great actress, but Michael Burnham gets on my tits. Yeah, we were so excited um, when she was first announced uh, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. Now we were so positive about it, and and you know her first episode out on season one as well. We were really glad mm-hmm. to see her. But mm-hmm. now at this point, like I'm sure she's getting paid very well, and I've got to believe that's why she stays on board. Because why wouldn't you, as an actor? Mm-hmm you know carry on doing what you're getting paid to do to be the main character in a massive series Mm um yeah but i have to question like does she go home and just go what the fuck is this Mm. well the whole thing is is like in that first episode it's like they turned up at this knockoff star wars city um yeah so and then like you find out about the burn so you want me to... It, it's bullshit. The whole concept that all of the dilithium in the galaxy exploded at the same time. Okay. And then somehow the Orion Syndicate have got what's left over and are sharing it out between their fucking like bounty hunters that go off and do shit for them. Fuck off. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two... At this point, surely the Romulans are laughing their ass off because they don't use dilithium. They power <laughs> their fucking ships with fucking black holes. Yeah. And it's like there is other tech. Okay, so all of the fucking uh, slipstream tech, that's gone, is it? Okay, mm-hmm. and you want to turn around and say that the Federation has suddenly, like, has crumbled to pieces because they couldn't get from one place to another. Are you telling me that each species that was a member of the Federation could not maintain their own subspace communications? They've lost communications with everyone. No, are you telling me that they wouldn't be able to fucking keep up that communication network? And then, so it's just convenient that now Discovery is the only fucking ship that can jump from sector to sector because they've got the spore drive. The spore drive comes back in to effect. And it's absolute 
bollocks. I mean, honestly, um, and once again, at the end of the first episode, it's, oh, Michael Burnham, you're the only one that can save us. Well, of course she is. Of course she fucking is. Uh, you said to me, it's, it's a simple little point. It's, it's your point, but you've made to me. I'm not saying it, but they mm-hmm. should have just called the show Star Trek Burnham. Yeah. Why is it even called Star Trek Discovery? No, no one gives a fuck about the crew. I mean, yeah. honestly, you, you don't... Let, well, oh, we'll get to it. Because it's like, honestly, with episode two, the whole episode was, meh, it's okay. Because like at first, like you... It, you weren't with Michael Burnham whatsoever. It was a discovery coming through the uh, the space wormhole and then crashing. And they had to um, basically... Sorry, are you talking about episode two? Of yeah, episode two of now. Discovery. Right. And they had, like, they're trying to, like, save the ship and they're, like, on this ice moon planetoid. So, um, which luckily has got life. So, Saru and Tilly go off to... Uh, this local bar to go and uh, try and find help. Cantina, I, yeah. I guess, at this point. So, uh, Tilly's like her normal incompetent self. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> hey, I just said fuck. That's it. So, <laughs> I made a joke. <laughs> Pretty much the whole thing. <laughs> and uh, what, the whole of episode two for me was it was like it's okay it's not too bad it's a bit meh like i don't really care either way mm-hmm. but we're getting to see little aspects of the crew okay I, I i like that i'm i'm starting to like the doctor again but then by the end of the second episode fucking who comes to save them as the ship's becoming encased in ice a ship's coming it's fucking michael burnham has come to save them and it's like you i think you text me all that when you'd watched it and and it's just it's like a joke it's like you just made it up like yeah. i believe you i fully believe you because it doesn't surprise me now after seeing episode one but i was just like that's just lame yeah and lazy the crew couldn't help themselves the entire crew of discovery could not help themselves it was Burnham that had to come and save them because she had been trapped there for a year and was uh, searching for uh, help and discovery and then she caught a radio wave that discovery was there and somehow like then conveniently they've got a little bit of dilithium to make sure that she gets there so and yeah no it's absolute bollocks and the thing is as well what's what's become lazy for me is every single episode has to have an obligatory phaser fight. Yeah. It's like, in the first episode, it just like, there was like about 25 minutes of Burnham and Book being shot at and them just transporting away. They're getting shot at, transporting away. They're getting shot at. It's just, there is nothing, every single episode has to have an obligatory fight and phaser fight. It's just so fucking predictable. I don't know why also... Oh, I, I do know why. I, I, I do mm-hmm. know the answers to my question. I was going to say, mm-hmm. why didn't CBS just make a new program? But it's because they don't care about the franchise, as in they don't care about the older fans wanting to see this franchise, you, you know, the stories and mm-hmm. uh, ideals and stuff, being loyal to what it was. CBS, whoever in charge, that they don't care 
they're, they're the answers to my questions like why don't they just make things but the thing is some some of the newer fans that you you know it's not going to be everyone but some of the newer fans which are dim enough sorry to say that but mm-hmm. stupid enough to love this program be like oh wow it's awesome oh face of fights fist fights oh they're beaming down if they're watching this as their first ever star trek series and they're thinking this is awesome if they genuinely like that that's great for them great for everyone but uh, and then they go back and watch tos or maybe even tng you know the others they might just watch that and go what the hell's this this isn't like star trek discovery what is this you know, mm-hmm. they're like two completely different shows. If it wasn't for the, you know, just words and, um, <laughs> yeah, literally words, uniforms, symbols, yeah, things. These are things that are being reused, but like the actual soul of the show, like you say, it's soulless. It's not the same thing. No. And honestly, it's like um, I'm sick and tired. And now that they're in the year 3000, it's like normal... Um, relative technology has just gone out the window it's all just magic fucking tech now yeah it's all just whatever you want goes i mean hell in the last episode dude uh they were at starfleet command and they would the room would have no floor and as they would walk in the floor would appear under their fucking feet yeah sounds like a great idea <laughs> Nothing could go wrong with yeah exactly you have a fucking glitch everyone's falling for fucking yeah. floors and yeah it it's just comes back you get decapitated by the floor yeah no it's just fucking pointless and there's so much magic tech in new trek now that you don't need to worry about how it works it just works and i uh also uh i'm sure that you would have seen beforehand on the build-up they were making such a big hoo-ha about having Star Trek's first non-binary character. So someone who doesn't identify as male or female. And I was like, great, great. That's that's brilliant. Representation. All up for that. Do you know what it turns out to be, mate? It's a fucking trill. It's a fucking... No, in other words, it's a trill symbiote that has been put into a human body because the last guy... So the... They made a whole big deal about this being a non-binary character. And all it is, is it's this old guy that's died and had the symbiote put into a human female. It's not non-binary. It's a fucking trill. No, I hadn't read anything like that. I'm I'm glad I didn't because I'd be reacting this. Oh, it's like, no, because honestly, I was like, okay, yeah, no, I'm all up for that. I like representation. And like, and the... It's like I'm not uh, like one of these people that's like, oh, they're just fucking forcing like PC shit down our throat. Mm. No, I am well up for representation. Yeah, yeah that's. Oh but that is a fucking trill. Yeah. And it has been done many, many, many times yeah. at this point in Trek history. And the thing is, first of all, yeah, I was worried. Very cool main character. Well, pretty much main character for many, oh, six years. Yeah, and um, the whole thing was right. the best suit. They introduced. Oh, mate, they introduce this trill, um, uh, this human with a symbiote. Uh, I'll call him her a trill for now because I can't remember her name whatsoever. Um, that's uh, because that's the, the problem with Discovery is you don't remember anyone's names. You you don't. I, Sometimes you don't, it's where you don't even get told the name. No, exactly. I remembering it. Um, 
you do get told this one. I've just been too lazy to remember it. Um, and his, it, because it's not a trill taking the symbiote, um, the human host is struggling to remember all of the things that the symbiote um, uh, like knows. So a discovery... So they can do loads of lazy flashbacks in future episodes. Well, the no, what was they... actually bad. Well, no, what they done in the end was Discovery helped them by um, taking that person to Trill, the Trill homeworld. Yeah. And they were going down to the the caves that we uh, see many times with Dax, um, yeah. you know, where they would go into uh, to help um, them, um, uh, like, commune with, uh, like, help her commune with the, the symbiote and, like, join together uh which to be honest right obviously they have an obligatory phaser fight on trill <laughs> uh, oh, be- God. because uh, because well, you don't have to answer that it was a question of um they turn up um the trill are happy to see them they want to like have good communications and everything because even though they haven't heard from anyone from starfleet in so long they have no ill feelings whatsoever good uh, however because this is the first time that a symbiote has been joined successfully with a non-trill it's a it's an abomination as far as half of their people are concerned it's like no get the fuck out don't come back and then that's when the obligatory phaser fight happens which is funny because really? it's like yeah, the uh, the the trill that don't uh, that are trying to fight Burnham have these basically like laser swords, and oh, God. and that um and Burnham has her uh like eight hundred year old phaser, and still manages to beat the shit out of all of them. <laughs> And then they go to the uh, caves because there is like a sympathetic character who does want to help. Uh, and they go to the caves and um, the new character gets into the pool and does this like new thing, this new thing, like where like uh, they introduce that like when getting into the pools, it's trying to communicate like all of these energy sort of things are happening in the water. Uh, obviously, we've got like vamp it up a bit than what it used to be um and it's a question of like the character's eyes just like roll they go white and then she's like communing with the symbiote and then suddenly disappears into the pool and like disappears under the water and you're like okay uh, okay so where has she disappeared to and then michael's like you've got to do something you've got to do something and they um, then at that point, they're like, well, we fucking can't. So Burnham jumps into the pool, <laughs> leans back, fucking her eyes roll. And then she disappears into the pool. But not only does she disappear into the pool, she disappears into this girl's mind and helps this girl commune with the fucking symbiote. Michael Burnham saves the fucking day by going into this girl's mind and helping her commune with the symbiote. Okay, so all rules of fucking nature disappear with Discovery. She manages to go into this girl's fucking mind and help her commune with the symbiote successfully. 
and no also right, right at the beginning of this fucking episode right uh the uh, doc, uh, Doctor fucking oh, I, I know his name, Colbert. Doctor Colbert, um, who I have grown to like again, um, but makes a really shit decision. Apart from and, it's not him. No, decides it's a bit of slime that looks like him. Or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Uh, decides that at the beginning of this episode, he's like, okay, then I am the chief medical officer in Discovery. Um. And this person needs to go down to obviously try to do something severely medical. But do you know what, Michael? You're the best person suited to take this uh, to take this girl down to try and commune with, uh, like, to successfully uh, like commune with this symbiote that's inside her. So, Michael, you take her. Would the fucking doctor not just go down to the fucking surface with an away team? And and during this episode, uh, Saru tries to successfully um, build up crew morale as well, rather than actually um, maybe building uh, relations with the Trill people that he's not mm-hmm. that haven't seen any Federation whatsoever in so many years. He decides not to. He just decides not to walk around nude. It's fucking shit. People to something to talk about it's fucking shit no uh, no uh oh and um, mate oh uh, you know uh, in the last series discovery um uh, downloaded all of that data from that sphere that's why they had to jump into the future uh, mm-hmm. which i barely remember whatsoever um yep. the ship is now sentient oh great yeah so and the thing is right somehow so, <laughs> No, because of the data that it's combined with, the ship is now sentient. And um, the first time that he realises this, Saru discovers this, when he's trying to find out how to build up crew morale. His first thoughts isn't like, holy fucking shit, the ship is sentient. What if it just... What if we're in a fucking fight, right? Farts is out. Yeah, what if if (laughs) we're in a dangerous situation? Trying to save someone... And then the ship's like, they're going to fucking kill me. And just yeah. warps out of that sector, yeah. leaving like crew vulnerable. No, no, no. The first thing that he's like, um, how can I make the crew feel better about themselves? And the, the ship's like, have a movie night. Yeah. <laughs> have a movie night. And decides that the best way to build up crew morale is with a Charlie Chaplin film. It's shit. It's just absolutely shit. <laughs> To be oh. fair, that is kind of stolen from uh, Enterprise a bit, but that's not necessarily a good thing, but they're stealing little ideas. That's just more laziness to me. Mm-hmm. But no, as you're saying everything, um, I've said it's making me think of me. Like, you know, with you, we actually get to see it in uh, the DS9 documentary. You actually see the writers going through their process. I know they're doing a more relaxed version mm-hmm. uh, when they're making season uh, eight. Uh, of um, Deep Space Nine, I'd love to be in that room. Whether I was, whether I was taking part and contributing, which I'd love to do that, um, or whether I was just listening to them, just observing, I'd be. It's cool. That's right. You know, I just love. I'd love seeing that process because that's how I've always imagined it to be, how we see it in that documentary. But I think if you're in a room with the Discovery writers, first of all, there's probably about 20 of them 
instead of four of them. Mm-hmm. But you would just be headbutting the wall, just going like, what the fuck are you talking about? This doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like if it was like a whiteboard, you'd just be getting your jumper and wiping it along and just go, no, no, this is wrong. Start again. And you'd be the one getting kicked out because you're talking sense. Absolutely. And mate, honestly, there are so many things that I could discuss that I'm not happy with, but... I need to go and pick my kids up from school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So maybe we'll we will continue this on the second half of the next pod. Maybe. I, um, maybe or we save the next. Uh, we, me, you, and Dominic all get together. Okay. Yeah. Sure. It'll be a laugh. We'll and have, have some fun an episode with it. of really, really ripping Discovery, a new one. But I think uh, I think we've gotten a lot of the stuff off our chest what we wanted to share with people yeah. in the second half absolutely and also so we can move on and just enjoy the trek yeah definitely so next episode we'll be coming back we'll be having a really fun positive episode and we're looking forward to that and then periodically dominic will come on and we will shit on discovery <laughs> shit on it <laughs> oh, so I'm I'm really sorry to have to cut it short, but I no, don't really worry. need been, to get going. I've I've enjoyed it. I'm glad to get back to Trek mating. That doesn't sound good, but Trek mating, mate. Yeah, yeah. And it just turns out that we hate new Trek, mate. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but thanks for listening, everyone. I've been Wayne Emery. I've been Jude Hawkins, and you've been Trek mated, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I request permission to go after him. I cannot allow you to do this. Jim, you're not actually going after this guy, are you?
Visit trekmate.org.uk and boldly go where no podcast has gone before. Make it so. Prepare to attack all hands battle stations. Don't worry, we will get to the bottom of this. All I ask is a tall ship and a I don't want excuses, I want answers. Am I authorized to enter the neutral zone? How do you think that tells me about your character? Captain's log, stardate 3541.9. Program complete. Enter when ready. I am Captain Jean-Luc Picard. And I approve this message. Tweet us at TrekMate1701. Make it so.